Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, October 14th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Tales of Dust, exploring the cosmos with Chepe, hosted by the DPEG Nation. Let's take a listen. Since it's recorded, I'll just do a little disclaimer thing. I'm actually on the um, the sort of Terra Emergency Council for like funds disbursement to teams and stuff. So I just want to just clarify that. Um, uh, whether it's Nowhere Art, whether it's DPEG Nation, uh, pretty much nothing that's really said in this space has a whole lot to do with that. Um, and uh, I don't have any otherwise like direct financial relationships with the teams or anything involved here. So just kind of like to get that out of the way. How are you all doing? Thanks for the disclaimer, Steffi. Uh, so good, no problem. Man. Yeah, basically, we didn't get any funding from the um, from Terra, any community funding. But uh, I'm not sure how your position is there. But I totally got it. Basically, like you c- basically can't say anything about any projects, right? Or how? Uh, no, I can I can say whatever I want. It's just like I tend to sort of like try to maintain some barrier. Like um, so, what happened with the Terra Emergency F- Council fund is basically. Um, obviously after crash of Terra, some of the community funds for Terra V2 were set aside to like send out to developers and, and really the only obligation of the, the teams that were needing some of those funds were to demonstrate, you know, that they're active and, uh, on Terra V2, uh, like nowhere art and others. And, uh, anybody could have like applied for that and whatever, but I'm just mentioning that like, uh, whether it's teams we talk about here or otherwise, it has nothing to do with really like that process. That's mostly decided by people actually just simply providing proof that they're building on Terra V2 to access those funds. I'm just bringing it up just because I'm one of the five people on that sort of like community council or whatever. I don't know how I got voted into that thing, but here I am. <laughs> so anyway, but like my general purpose of this convo with you guys really is just to kind of bring attention to projects on on Terra. Um, and like help uh, maybe some of the NFT projects get back on their feet. I know like uh, we've had some combos with Skeleton Punks and with, uh, you know, DPEG Nation here and, and Nowhere Art and others in the past. And uh, I think it's really cool that uh, some of the uh, teams really like Nowhere Art and some of the NFT projects have decided to stay on Terra and build, you know, because obviously uh, many of us, obviously got, uh, you know, wrecked or stuck with Luna tokens, <laughs> however you want to look at it. And at the end of the day, it's like making those, making all of that valuable again is about the people who stayed, the people who didn't like abandon ship and fucking run away or whatever. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's cool to have uh, the teams that decided to hang on and, uh, and uh, push the boundaries. And I think what will happen is, is that with all the 
liquidity on Terra that's still there. I think uh, the, the NFT projects, I have a suspicion that many of the projects that stayed here on Terra are going to do a lot better than um, a lot of the folks that left <laughs> because it, because there is an actual like story and kind of a like a fiery phoenix sort of story um, for Terra in terms of like, uh, you know, even like the shenanigans of Do Kwan and you know, like, it's like run, Do run, like all of that shit's just fun, crazy stuff. And like, it's just constant memes and, and whatever. And I think the, the, the people on Terra who stayed, I think are, I, I think there's a lot of room to be successful as a cosmos chain and everything. And it's, it's cool that you guys are uh, making NFT projects and doing cool shit. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So um, regarding the, the funding, I saw that there was this airdrop for multiple chains and like just a quarter of it was claimed and most of it got backed into the community pool. So there's actually a lot of, a lot more Luna to be able to be claimed by projects or builders. So uh, I, I see I see that really interesting. And uh, also regarding what you said with the Terra projects and NFTs. So I'm I'm part of an, another project that actually migrated with uh, one planet to Polygon. And I just say that so basically as I see Polygon right now, that's a that's a gaming project. It's called Arcade. It was the old Lunatic Clubhouse, if you ever heard about it. And um basically it's been it's been great to to see the difference between the chains you know but there's like a total difference from a, a evm chain and the cosmos cosmos chain and regarding community mostly and i'm just I'm just trying to see and use my critical thinking here and see how and why does it all go you know but i see actually i see that you're uh, i don't want to call it shiller but you're actually doing some uh, are into lang as well and uh, i see that some type of how how the hell can you call it like a customer persona let's call it like that uh, for lang it's similar to people that are also on polygon and or on evm chains so that's really interesting cuz i really i actually had this discussion with octane today uh, like when preparing for when we are preparing giveaways for um any project let's say uh for some projects for example you guys say on polygon you're just saying that okay you have to do something and you can also like retweet and you know tag three the basic stuff and people just tag three but don't do that thing that they have to enter the giver you know like it's just straight nuts like it's crazy how i see that basically people don't even think about it they just go in, into giveaways and that ex somehow explains the community. They're not even reading, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I think the people that are remaining on uh, Terra are the people that are more, um, like, I think crypto savvy, generally speaking, and also crypto wreck to some ex extent. So it's like the cell pressure, like, uh, uh, like, I would say the sell pressure has largely dissipated except for sort of like any kind of token releases that are happening on Terra. So the the good thing is like, I think that creates a floor price for Luna ultimately at some point. And um, the Luna Classic crowd is a whole new crowd, but the thing is they have Terra Station wallets, right? So it's silly not to sort of cater to that crowd 
some of them have wallets and some of them don't even know the first thing about using a wallet. I think like probably like 70 or 80%, I would guess of that crowd is like retweeting and like hoping for a pump, but they haven't even downloaded the wallet. And I think some of those people are also like not understanding what they're buying. They're buying Luna tokens instead of Luna Classic, which is funny. Um, so a lot of kind of like uh, random shit going on. But I think uh, part of the reason like we're engaging that crowd, like myself and Bruce and others, like we're engaging that crowd because like they are brand new entrants to the cosmos. And it's stupid not to introduce those people to all the other like, you know, activity and cool shit happening mm -hmm. uh so yeah call it shilling calling what you want but like ultimately i think uh that's a group of people worth engaging with uh it's well, like a new custom hey, new customer base as long as you're able to capture that attention and then refocus it back to the strategies because when luna comes back out with their like smart shit again if we can capture all that dumb meme energy and be like well look at this shit you can actually earn money here in the consistent strategized way of value capture, right? If we can re-fucking-present this to this whole new uh, uh, wave of people, well, then we will be winning. And you're right. And everything that you and Bruce have done will have totally paid off. It'll go take off like a fucking rocket ship. And because that stuff's about to come out. And you know- Well, just look at- yeah, just look at the, the LunkDAO account, right? It's like got 100,000 followers on it after like just a few months. So capturing hey, something energy. about hot girls, hot girls, meme <laughs> tokens fucking work, dude. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? Shit, killing it, killing it. So, yeah, just just bringing in lots of new people. I think uh, it's, um, you know, there, there are some guys even on the Luna Classic, uh, like NFTs that are doing some cool stuff like V-Shape and some others. And I think ultimately it's so easy to deploy on both chains. Um, I've been watching what uh, Tobias and um, Notion Dow and like like Jacob and some of the people are doing. I'm sort of in like one of the groups talking about reconnecting IBC and redeploying IBC for um, uh, Terra and Luna Classic and everything and kind of connecting uh, different things to back together with osmosis. So ultimately, there could be some nice liquidity flowing back and forth. And um, then it just becomes a marketing question of like, uh, selling your NFTs to a broader audience. And um, yeah, it's it's a shame not to tag anything that you do, like tag it with a like a dollar sign Lunk and dollar sign Luna simultaneously because mm -hmm. like there is absolutely zero reason not to attract both folks because when people are searching for the hashtags and whatever, um, like it's it's almost idiotic not to attract everybody. Like it's just like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so anyway. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, like I totally agree. I also think that it's a lot about education, you know, because somehow this turns into a stigma and like people are starting hating each other and you don't want to do that. Also, I believe that you're doing a great job, like in most of the spaces that I join and you're also there and chatting, like you're doing a great job in educating these people. But um, it's kind of hard because some of us joined like this space much, a much long time ago, you know, and um, actually you have to get some experience and see how to live through a bear market and a bull market and you just gotta learn all about it, you know? But uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great thing that through this actually bring, did bring a lot of adoption, but you know, you just gotta see how to, actually right now how I look at it is just like a, a, dog, a dog coin, you know? <laughs> but um, 
Actually, I see that. <laughs> and interestingly, I think that's the that's the energy to be harnessed. But the interesting thing is the people at Terra Rebels are are trying to sort of rebuild all of the components. There's a lot of development work even on Classic to fix it. So it's like a lot of people came and bought the coin, and obviously some of them bought high, and their prices are down. And you know, ongoing development. If it doesn't happen, you can ha- wind up with a whole other group of wrecked people. If uh, like people don't build on that chain and like build it up, so I, you know, you could argue about like tokenomics issues and all the other issues with the new chain and how they're going to pay validators in the future. And there's all sorts of like tech shit that has to be sorted out and and governance stuff. But at the end of the day, like I think it's going to be more obvious um, to sort of like uh, harness that cross chain liquidity. You know, maybe some cross chain uh, like uh, um, I don't know vaults or something like that. Uh, cross-chain NFT sales and everything else. That'd be awesome. Cross-chain vaults. Yeah. Let's get that rocking. Yeah, I think all that will be thought possible once IBC is reconnected. And, um, you know, you want to harness the market cap of both chains to, like, flow into NFT projects um, and into your marketplace. I think that, like, ultimately, once IBC is reset up, it makes absolutely perfect sense for, like, Nowhere, for example, to accept, like, you know, I don't know, UST or you accept Luna Classic or whatever the hell. And what happens is, is you could have that in the background converted to immediately to whatever coin of your choice, right? So either a stable coin or whatever, like all that's very feasible, like especially with interchain accounts and um, especially with uh, a lot of the updates coming to Cosmos, that stuff's going to be easier and easier. In fact, I, I, we just spoke to like Andromeda Protocol this this week, right? So I think middle of next year, Andromeda is coming out and the number of like crazy things available to marketplaces and NFT projects as far as like um, composable um, composable systems, it's really going to be quite amazing, actually. People like are seriously underestimating what uh, is going to be possible on no, they're uh, going to streamline it. They're going to stream yeah. the shit out of everything. You're right. I've seen that. Yeah, between between yeah. Juno, between Terra, between Stargaze, between um, like Luna Classic, whatever. Like the, there's just a serious underestimation of what's possible there. And um, and you know, I think uh, we, you know, we'll be, we'll make we'll make this work. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Somehow or another, in the background, we'll make it work. You know, I'm so excited. I can't wait to get these things going again and have just some actual stuff to talk about and do and actually, you know, I mean, I, maybe it's the dopamine withdrawal from not clicking the button. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm I'm dead serious. Like when I mint or when I claim my rewards, like it's just not enough. Like I want to, you know, I want to ARB. I want to get the like the notifications. I want to go back and forth. You know, I'm looking for those those juicy opportunities. And honestly, I got to say the Luna Builders presented them the best. And I'm super excited that we can take the same type of idea and the same type of passion and capture liquidity in any part of the cosmos is really, really exciting. Uh, and every project should be excited because now we're not chain agnostic, chain dependent. Now we can be an entire cosmos uh, dependent and, and provide, you know, entire value to the entire cosmos, which is, I guess, overall what you were saying before, like uh, decentralization through centralization. Eventually, if we all just adapt this whole one monolith system that's completely interchangeable right that's what you're saying that we will even if there's centralized points it will be decentralized that's what you were telling earlier right yeah it's like if you have uh like the complaint of cosmos chains is that each of them tends to be centralized in terms of validator sets and such but if you have a thousand cosmos chains well 
you know, even if each of them individually is centralized, um, in the aggregate, they create like a mesh security, which uh, Sunny with uh, Osmosis is advocating. Um, and, you know, so there's this argument basically between in the cosmos as far as like, uh, should you even have a core chain of the cosmos? Should Adam really be, um, you know, should it have a hub and should we even have a hub and spoke model of any kind? Or and should we have a native currency of Cosmos? Sunny's idea is like, well, maybe Bitcoin should just be the the core like uh, value, uh, um, the core store of value mechanism in the Cosmos is kind of his theory. And then um, my theory is is that like, and some of the people who are building the Atom 2.0 system is that we need to have like some sort of core liquidity. Um, that's uh, available in such a way that you can use it on lots and lots of different fiat on-ramps and off-ramps and um, like a core um, currency of the system that's easy for people to understand. So I think the mimetic effect of Atom, like Zaki had mentioned that, you know, well, it's sort of kind of a meme coin right now in some instances, it doesn't really have any purpose, but that like misses the point of memes. And like Sunny's argument is, well, memes don't last very long. So look what happened to Terra when the meme effect wore off and you had this big crash, right? But on the other hand, you have like the meme effect of Bitcoin and it persists to this day with a bunch of like hardcore Bitcoiners and everything. Like, you know, or like look at Apple's brand name, for example, is a great example. The brand name itself is best said to be worth one or 200 billion dollars or more. Um, probably by now it's closer to 200 billion dollars. But that's just the brand name of Apple. The the mimetic effect is like this idea that, um, you know, you live rent free in the minds of people. And if you had to advertise um, a blockchain, how expensive would it be um, if all we had were Cosmos app chains, like just Terra, just, um, you know, whatever. And the problem is like each individual chain is going to have what in terms of virality or advertising budget? It's going to be limited, right? But you want tons of money to flow into your ecosystem and you want like some sort of store of value that doesn't require bridges and other shit. So to me, it's like, if we can have at least one of those coins, like Terra was like on a sort of like interesting trajectory to be that with Luna at some point. Um, can we be that again? I don't know. But like, uh, if anything, like Adam is the standard bearer of Cosmos. If we can make Adam that, you what you'll end up having is a whole lot of liquidity flowing into Cosmos um, and to all the different chains, whether it's Terra or otherwise. And you just have to have... Um, like a cohesive means for liquidity to flow to where you want it to flow. And then, then of course, the meme effects matter ultimately for individual chains because, you know, like Web3 is about viral advertising, ultimately, like you and me shilling it or whatever the hell or having Twitter spaces about it. If you have 6 million different coins, no one's going to know about any of them. So, you know, it's almost like the Apple Google example for smartphones, like you have to have certain um monopolies or duopolies or triopolies beyond that like the human mind like most people don't remember what the hell they want to buy right they have no idea like no one's going to go to some 19th tier network for their cell phone provider they're not going to go to a you know 20th tier network for their like smartphone provider they're going to want to have like the very best generally and that usually is two or three that ultimately win and uh, i think like if you look at bitcoin you look at ethereum you look at adam possibly as a next um, you know, next, like sort of number three, your goal should be at least to get to that, right? Like, and, and how do you get there? How do you attract that kind of money? 
how do you get that meme effect? So I'm of well, the opinion that some meme effects are needed. And Sonny's of the uh, opinion that like the more decentralized the liquidity is, the better. Um, and I don't know what the right answer to those two things is. It's, some, it's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think it has to be in today's world, something in the middle. Like you can't really have a virality and, and, and you can't have either of those components of what you want without the other in, in a manner that's timely, right? It would just take a fucking long time without the meme effect. Yeah, and, and, and then the flip side is like the meme effect is maybe transient. Like look at Dogecoin or SHIB or something like that. You know, it, is it, and not only that, but the meme effect can be copied to some extent as well. So it's like, you know, can you actually sustain that over 10 plus years? Maybe the answer is no. And which is the argument that, uh, like, I think Sunny sort of makes is that ultimately the meme effect is going to dissipate and you need to have some real, like, some real product at the bottom of everything to make sure that you don't fall apart when that occurs. Um, like the, the Luna UST, like the meme effect of the whole thing was partly how it held together, right? And it's like a confidence game to some extent was what that was. And then like when bank run type conditions happen, it's because the meme has sort of broken down. And when you're pegged, that was the meme, right? And when it depegged, uh-oh, meme broken. And now like it, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, it's like we uh, we are the peg, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we are the peg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. That shit was so funny. Yeah, and hence now we have like the DPEG Nation NFT project. <laughs> yeah, no, we got pegged. We got pegged, motherfucker. We got pegged. <laughs> Damn, that hurt. Hey, I got a question. Hold on, I got a question, Steffi. Are you busy? Are you busy tomorrow at like uh, what time is it? It's at nine p.m. UTC. I think it's uh, at like one p.m. Pacific mm. Standard Time, so 3 p.m. your time, maybe? Or I don't I'm know not 100% are. Are sure. I'm off this weekend, but I might, I might go like drive into the mountains where I'm not sure I'm going to have like exactly. Uh, I'm not sure, 100% sure I'm going to have uh, reception. Reception the whole time, yeah. All right. Well, if you can make it, we're going to have that Orbital Command hosted event. It would be great if you could chime in because we are going to try to present an alternative path forward for a lot of the things that you're talking about, and I don't think. People are going to see this one coming uh, per se. I, I shared part of it with you, but you know, we definitely love what you bring. You know, I listened to you for so long before the crash. You know, I made a lot and then I lost a lot <laughs> with you in the crash. And I'm really interested in re-energizing the community because, like you said, like we are stuck holders. Like if you had a good amount, like you have this shit coming to you slowly. And so it's for me and my belief, I want to make as much value and as many interesting things as possible. So when this vesting shit comes out, people don't just sell it. Like I, I, I propose that we give them instructions on what to do with it. We show them how to clean it. We like teach them what to, you know, why this is important. We have the new DeFi strategies and TFL will be right on our heels very quickly come December and January, they will have polished products. And we just have a, a, a very simple roadmap of maybe how to unwreck the community from the ground up. So we would well, love to, to do that. We, we need a bigger user base pretty much. Like that's, what why, we need we, that's is... why we need you to be there with this meme shit. Yeah. Like we have a <laughs> plan. We have a plan. We need you to bring the energy of this other shit, but we're going to teach them a better way together. I think we have a plan that, that we can do it, but we have to like trick the community into being united. Like some of the some of the program for that would be like uh, some things to consider is number one, we need like uh, people doing things like Twitter spaces and whatever. We need folks to build like literally like 10 to 20K follower accounts, however long that takes. 
uh, with like new blood, essentially, you need to kind of uh, build up uh, like groups of people that are talking about Tara that have nothing to do with me. Um, the the, <laughs> like, uh, the joke, the, the, what I say luck, is to like, it, it's, it's funny luck. because like um, I get, I talk to like different uh, blockchain groups like Cadena and some of the different foundations or whatever and uh, talk to these founders. <laughs> the and I'm point? like, look, well, what I tell them is like, I'm like, look, guys, uh, it's it's no good if like if I all I have to do is post like three things about like Flux Network or something. And I'm now like the top number one so-called influencer in the fucking thing. Like it makes no sense. I don't even have that much Flux. I don't have that much like. You know, like I'm not that heavily involved. How is it possible that one or two or three tweets makes me the top quote unquote influencer? It's embarrassing. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Seriously, like, you know, so this stuff, like it's it, like you can tell who's not doing enough because like you only have to post two or three tweets. And like on Lunar Crush, you're like number one or some nonsense. It makes no sense at all. So a lot. Of, I mean, that's, uh, that's a red flag. That's like your warning. It's sign. a red flag. It's like, yeah, that's a red flag. You like those are projects you should fucking just get. Er, I'm, we're not going to talk about your shit anymore, but we need this. And I know that we are all trapped in this boat together. And if we can all band together, I know that we will build beautiful stuff. Like in times of turmoil, we will produce better products. I know it. If we thought we yeah. had it good before, we will make it better this time. You can almost tell like uh, whether or not there's sufficient sort of like, um, I don't know, social activity going on with a certain group, um, any kind of blockchain. Um, if it only takes like two or three tweets from me and next thing you know, I'm on the top 10 list or something. It's just silly. Like why? Like I barely am involved with some of those projects and I don't even have that many uh, like, I'm, I, you know, I'm like not that big into this sort of thing in terms of some kind of like YouTube influence or some bullshit. So like when it's really kind of funny when, uh, that happens and it's a red flag and it actually explains quite a lot about why many, um, like many projects they're, they're, um, it's not just regular bear market stuff, but even more hideous price action than other coins. You can see it really clearly in that, like when the prices are down, all of the people that like had heavy bags or whatever, they disappear. And this is the reason why the market gets absolutely fucking crushed is because no one's paying attention when, when the market's down. And this is true for every chain, obviously. Everyone like gets depressed and they don't want to talk about anything. And obviously only the smart money is buying at the bottom. And then, so it's like, it's interesting. You have the people that buy at the bottom, then you have like the price starts rising a little bit. And then you have the momentum traders start plugging in, right? And they buy, they put in long positions and they start pushing the market up. Then it starts, it has one big pump. And then after that pump, it's like all of a sudden YouTube and whatever is talking about it. And then it takes about a month of that. And then after that happens, you get another big pump. And then of course, like you have a bunch of retail people come in after watching 100x videos on YouTube. And then the price keeps going up. And then of course, all those people are just exit liquidity for somebody or another. And then the whole system gets wrecked yet again. Like it's the same cycle over and over again. And uh, like people that are here now, like, you know, that I'm not saying go out and buy everything, you know, whatever, but the, you know, usually what happens is, is there's almost nobody buying anything at the bottom. And um, it's like, it's a better thing to be there when the like shit is going poorly, when you're in an absolute bear market. And um, it's the best absolute time to get new retail entrants into the market. They're much more likely to be successful. And when people are successful and they're making, they're a good, they're at a good solid, like, you know, two to 10 X, what happens is, is those become proponents for your, your system. When they buy high and they're down on their money, 
they're not, you know, active advocates of your system, right? Like that's just how this, you know, mischief works. And like, so now is a really good time to be sort of bringing like NFT markets, especially and projects like you guys are doing like to the forefront and, um, you know, get as many people to sort of, uh, if they're going to grab your NFTs or whatever, and if you're going to shill them, now's the time to do it, right? Like it makes perfect sense. How I've been looking at it is that till now, um, actually, people would go into Terra and then explore Cosmos. But as I see it right now, the narrative has kind of changed. And you have to kind of bring back the people from Cosmos to, to Terra because a lot of them are actually lunatics. So here's the question, like, how do you, how do you actually plan to do this for the next bull market? Because like start, people started to know about Cosmos and how do you bring back people to Terra and how do you be, bring back trust to Terra, you know? Because some might say that, okay, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's not gonna work any, out anymore, but you have to actually educate people that USD is not there anymore. And the reason that actually Luna failed it was kind of the depeg of USD, right? So people, I believe that people need to, to actually understand that. And also, uh, I wanna, I wanna make a point here about the fact. So mostly you are talking till now about everything that IBC meant from a token perspective on over CW twenty token. But what do you think? I've read some threads lately about this ICS seven two one, which is like the NFTs, NFT cross chain NFTs. So I'm not sure if you explore that even. You, uh, you guys from Skeleton Punks, like going cross-chain with the whole NFTs, like they're nat Terra native, but they, they actually, you can move them all, across, all around Cosmos. I find that really, really interesting right now. So. Yeah, I, I think uh, an important perspective is going to be that like dApps um, are going to end up deploying on multiple chains. And I think NFT projects will also deploy their collections potentially on multiple chains, either simultaneously they, they will. or oh, they different. Will. They will. That's happening. That's yeah. going to happen. Like, so like you'll be able, pretty soon you're going to have a website. That website will have a launch and pretty much any, any wallet in the IBC will be able to connect to it and mint from that collection. And then that NFT will go to that chain. So then you're no longer, like I said, you're no longer chain agnostic. You're chain fluid. And now projects can really be adaptable. This is the future of what's happening with IBC. Like I know for hundred percent that this is being developed like 100%. Yeah. And if we don't do it here, it'll be done elsewhere, right? Like there's uh, there's Ethereum cross, um, like there's standards that are being built like that across different L2s. This is happening with uh, like, I've, you know, spoken to uh, Cadena, like uh, just released their marmalade thing, which is an NFT, um, like uh, it's a standard for uh, meta tagging and smart contracts for NFTs. Um, an example of like the functionality there is like, imagine if you sell an NFT on Nowhere Art, but then you sell, sell an NFT on Talus or something like that. Um, the, the sale history and the previous price that, that was paid for that NFT could be stored on that NFT. Um, and that could be uh, platform agnostic or marketplace agnostic as an example. So uh, those kinds of functionalities like need to happen on Cosmos as well to compete with um, what's happening elsewhere. So definitely keep an eye out for 
um, yeah, what some of these other standards are doing, and are we doing this on the Cosmos? Are we bringing those cool functionalities to NFTs here? Um, like, it's one of these things in tech, it's like either you, you, you advance or you die. There's no two ways about it. And I think, um, uh, yeah, like, I think people in Cosmos are definitely thinking about these ideas. Um, and right now, I don't know, like, there's at least seven chains, I think, on Cosmos with different NFTs from us, from, uh, from Omniflix to, I don't know, um, Stargaze. And, you know, there's some on Juno and there's, of course, Terra. There's some people building on Linux Classic. It's almost like no matter where there is some money and there's some yield, there's NFT projects are going to show up to try to get users who want to spend that yield on NFTs and stuff like that. Um, okay, so this is why it is so important right now for Luna. If we address the DeFi, which Luna does so well, this will address the NFT market. They go hand in hand, right? Without the extra liquidity and value capture games, like when people start making that little bit of extra money, they're like, oh, let's buy some fucking silly JPEGs. Maybe they have some utility. And, you know, and the next thing you know, everyone starts to FOMO and then that cycle or that black hole of liquidity starts to happen in this little picture picture world, right? Like, but they, it really will struggle. Like if to me, I have a hard time with Stargaze because they are a complete NFT chain. Like uh, they will do much better if the, this future of, um, you know, not having to worry about what chain you're on for IBC, that those projects will thrive then. But I believe Stargaze as a chain is going to have a hard time because they don't have DeFi. How in the end do you continue to, to, to capture value if you're not playing those games? I don't even understand that whole model. So for us, for Luna, we already have the, the smart people and the people used to playing the game. All we have to do is tell them how to do it again here are the new things now this is just what it is we have to get the liquidity and DeFi is the only way to do it everything else is secondary everything else will will, will carry over once the DeFi comes back it's uh well stargaze also has uh, a, a team that's building all sorts of stuff that's that hasn't actually been released yet so we probably don't want to discount like undercut what they're probably going to do no well, look, um, if they don't if they but, don't have DeFi, how are they if they have another value capture that i don't know about well then i'll learn about that and I'll oh i see what you're saying. you mean but at you the mean moment, there's not yeah there's not on-chain DeFi. yeah like, yeah it on, doesn't on exist yet. i'm not saying that they don't have sure. a solution for it and i'm not discrediting anything they're doing right i'm just saying that at the moment when i look at how nfts work in the formula they are highly generated by places where there's DeFi. that's what it is people want to be a part of those communities they want to be a part of the culture you know crazy products pop up and then culture pops up they make memes they make they make nfts this is the normal pattern i'm not saying that new patterns can't be made but this is the normal pattern and for luna luna's whole culture was DeFi, and we want to i know more than anything i want those games back i made great money on those games and i want to be yeah. able to teach other people how to play those games because it was consistently you could rely on it almost. It was crazy. If you played it well, shit, you could rely on it. <laughs> they're they're more interesting games than like just casinos and things, which um which, you know, like uh are out there in uh the traditional world. But yeah, some there's all sorts of different things like the sports betting and all these other things too, but like ultimately DeFi is where I think a lot of the uh bigger wallets come in. Um, but also there was, uh, you know, if just looking at other platforms like Solana and Ethereum, you did attract a whole lot of, I don't, I don't know what you want to call it, like 
non-DeFi dumb money too, which, you know, paid heavy amounts of money for NFTs as well. So it's really hard to tell like which of those groups you want to cater to. Um, I think you probably want to cater to both ultimately. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, For me, me, I see. So why I came on Luna, it was actually because of NFTs and uh, the communities. So I just, I just look at it like that, no? But uh, yeah, that's, that's what, I, what I try to, to say. But actually, we at Deepak Nation, that's what we are actually building as well. We are building, integrate, like our product can't be out there without these tokens that we call Dust. And we can't, uh, we can't make it out there without it. And we're looking to create liquidity pools that... Uh, have this integrated and we're actually looking to go into DeFi as much as possible with the products that we're building. So yeah, I just want to to hear that. Yeah. yeah. So I I actually, I'm, I'm really interested in talking and chatting with uh, other protocols and also maybe red, like, for example, that's what they're, that's what they're building, you know, like they, they started as a, this so actually i really love these hybrid projects that have both nfts and also uh, a token because you can somehow give yield through the nfts and then so that's how you actually capture the value through the nfts but the actual product it's through the through the tokens so that's how i love it yeah, the yeah it's is- all connected yeah uh, no, I was gonna say, uh, 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 one key is to like make sure that so there's fun shit to do during a bear market. There's fun shit to do when the coin price is down. There's fun shit to do when the NFT prices are down. Uh, like, obviously, it's easy to attract people to enjoy, uh, you know, things when prices are going up. Right. Like when, you know, you're awash with liquidity, you have people using DeFi leverage to go and buying NFTs and all this other shit. Right. It's the harder part is to figure out, yeah, how do you make it all fun? Uh, any kind of tokenomics or NFT pricing or royalties plan should really like just look at what does it look like when the market is down? How do we attract users and players or whatever it is you're trying to do, you know, on that down market? And that's that's actually, I think, the harder thing to accomplish, um, but probably one of the key things to focus on. Because like when everyone's rich, like, I mean, you can be a fucking idiot, like literally, like, and, and have some NFT project go up, right? It's how do you do that while the market's down um, is where like the innovation and sort of like the intelligence comes in. And how do you design like tokenomics? If you're going to have like an NFT project that's coupled with some sort of coin, how do you couple that tokenomics to incentivize greater participation while things are down? Um, like, I think that's an important uh thing to sort of map out on a napkin if you're going to go that route and have coins i totally agree and i believe that the people that actually live through the bear market and are able to build through the market to the bear market then they're really going to make it into into the bull you know because they actually survived the bear market it wasn't like just luck because it's it's pretty hard to survive with with the product that's not sustainable I think that might be true if you're building a service or some infrastructure, right? But I don't know if that's true if you're if that were just a standalone NFT project that survives a, a bear market. I don't know if that's a guarantee, but but if you build something where you're providing a service or a tool, I believe that that thesis is true, personally. Yeah. Also, 
I agree. I see your point, but I also believe that the the PFP only times are pretty much gone. So people don't really actually start and so that's how it hell all yeah, begins. Hell yeah! Hey, the real ones are only left, huh? Only the real ones. You're actually capturing some value as well, right? Because you're doing some strategies and all that. Bro, you're you, not... you know what we're up to. You know what we're planning. <laughs> don't pretend like you don't know. Cut it out. <laughs> Cut it out. Octane, I know he tells you everything. Knock him out. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I didn't tell him anything. <laughs> another, nah, another thing. I think long term, if you long term, if you look at some of the like negative sentiment among people regarding, let's say, for example, uh, Luna or Luna Classic, right? You have people that will say, well, there's these vesting periods and there's token releases on Luna. And then on Luna Classic, you have, you know, issues regarding like, you know, the depletion of community pool and ultimately how are you going to fund validators? Each of the chains has like um, some baggage going on at this moment, right? Um, so that kind of, uh, from a trader's perspective, it's fine because that creates like some sell pressure and you'll you'll find some discounts to buy if that's what you want to do but from a um like general market perspective from an nft project perspective like you want to be able to attract people who just simply want to spend say for example their atom tokens or juno tokens on your yield regardless of where they're coming from and i think uh the the like you don't want to exclude those folks ultimately a good thing on terra too would be putting in a governance proposal ultimately to get onto Kepler using maybe the community fund. Uh, that's something definitely to think about because just Man, imagine. I think it's such a ripoff though. I would just feel so bad asking for 360 K a year. I mean, it was worth it. It, it. it integrates so smoothly, but it's a lot. It's a lot, but uh, the th it depends. Like it depends on whether you figure that here's the thing. It's we're not even, I don't even think we're on uh, Cosmos station, which is just fucking embarrassing. Yeah, we're not. It's, it's right. So this it's is really like, frustrating. It's really frustrating. So, yeah. So like, you know, TFL never made this a priority and you can call it whatever it is. But like, uh, you know, it's so easy, relatively speaking, for me to hop between like if I want to use um, like if I want to buy something on Stargaze, um, if I want to buy something on like Juno or whatever, like, I don't know, it's. It, like it, it's seamless without it's a cross chain seamless. wallet. Like how are you're you right. It's seamless. Yeah, it's seamless. It's seamless. It's seamless. Exactly. Yeah, it's seamless. Um, you know, but so you, you're saying that we can't load the, the the key and the API or whatever into that. That's not a possible right now. I feel like uh, my dev said that he did that. He tried to do it. I can't remember what his outcome was. He tried to send some money, I think, through Axlar when you could you couldn't connect the Terra station, and he put his like Terra wallet key into the Kepler. And loaded it and tried to do an IBC transfer through Axelar because Kepler was you could connect it and I don't think I, I'm trying to think if the money ever landed. I gotta ask yeah, him. but you know how it is. Average person's <laughs> not going to go through that shit, right? Well, shit, it. we're trying to find ways to get these arbitrages and <laughs> trying to find ways. Yeah, so I, I think uh, ultimately it's like ease of use for the retail customer is important, and I think TerraStation in particular does that well. Um, but right now the big problem is like, uh, just buying yourself. A lot of customers have an issue in terms of like, where do they buy Luna from? Right. So a lot of customers on, in the U S for example, can't get on Binance to pick up regular Luna. Some they of them can do can, KuCoin. 
they can do KuCoin, yes. But like when we had a Luna variant on, uh, like you know, with Wrap Luna on Coinbase, it was like an easier thing. But not only that, but there's visibility, right? If you're not on Coinbase, you have no visibility. Um, Yeah, you can like you know get there somehow via KuCoin or whatever. But um, again, that's it's just more friction, and um, you know, so like it'd be nice. And we never actually hey, had you know what? Luna let's, on hey, Coinbase. let's be honest. Anything worth having is not always easy, right? And sometimes you got to go through some weird, freaking channels to get those assets that you want. Like we all know the grind. That's part of the addiction. You think you're onto something fucking top secret, you know, and you're 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 moving money around in these very weird back channels. It feels so weird when you're moving fifty thousand dollars through some weird bridge, like called like like Sunday Swap or like Pumpkin Spice. This, you know, <laughs> true. But like with with the baggage we have on Terra, right? I don't think adding friction at this point or like reduce. No, no, you're right. You're you right. want you want to reduce friction now to make retail, like you know, the next retail wave that comes through, and you want them to come to your NFT project and stuff. You want them to be able to get there easily next time around. And we have some time, like you know. I think over the next year, as all the different Cosmos shit take, you know, plays out, interchain accounts play out, and um, you know, different projects on Terra are able to ultimately enable interchain accounts, it may not matter at that point. You probably will be able to connect your Kepler wallet directly to the DApps um, using ICA, and you won't necessarily need um, like um, I don't know the 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 same kind of um, like you may not need the mobile wallet support. You may still be able to do it via the desktop version. Um, anyway, there's some there's some trickery involved there. But either that or TerraStation can solve this problem by adding Atom. So that would be uh, so fantastic. I think that, that would, would be, be great, the option right? that I would want. Yeah, I would want that instead. I don't want to yeah. go to Kepler. I like the experience of the TerraStation. I wish they would make TerraStation multi-chain instead of going and 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 opting to go the other way. Yeah, in fact, you know what? Like, I'll 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 message TerraStation people. I'm like, all right, get the fucking like, like yeah, get, get Adam on there because you need yeah. a, you need to have a simple liquidity to be able to get to TerraStation. Right now, it's not simple enough, and if we can get that, that would be really really impressive. Man, and then you know the wallet help. shit happens in the background, and it routes your your through Osmosis or something, and then next thing you know, you're able to buy something on Nowhere Art or wherever, right? So that would that would help a lot. That would make that would simplify so much of the equation. For the whole thing for us if that happened yeah because remember um the other thing that's coming is uh usdc is uh like it or not is coming to a consumer chain on uh on, with uh a- as a sub chain of uh the the atom network and that will be ultimately almost certainly a- adopted by coinbase to where you could just basically buy that and send it directly into the cosmos and then your ability to use that um and convert it to let's say uh like luna directly um on terra station would be really really useful as a way to bring as, liquidity in yeah as an onboard that, that's pretty sweet actually i'm not going to fight that i wouldn't want to yeah, hold the, it very long but on, on yeah exactly I, i'm not saying you have to hold it i'm just saying like uh being able to onboard and offboard quickly off of terra station will bring in way more users than like what you have now. It's just a, it's just a mess right now to get onto Terra Station. And that is a legitimate problem now. It wasn't as bad before, but now there's just more steps involved for a lot of different people, uh, depending on where Luna got delisted and stuff like that, right? Yeah, you're right. So anyway, what other kinds of like uh, maybe nowhere art or 
what other news is happening on the on these on your systems? Man, we're, we're for us. We, we're about to talk about it tomorrow. You better join us at one p.m. Oh, to, oh yeah, <laughs> so, so the, all the alphas tomorrow. Huh? <laughs> at least, at least on my part. But we're here to talk about dust and then have a good time and just have fun with their mint too, right? Like I want to make sure. Oh that, yeah, that so, yeah, Nation is. You know, back to back to Deepak Nation. Like, what's yeah? Describe dust and what all you guys are doing exactly with that. Yeah. So. Uh, basically, we're minting right now on nowhere, and uh, we restarted our mint. So we had our first phase on like three days ago, and restarted our mint, and uh, it's going pretty good. And basically, we're building games from um, on Discord, and we already have like three games up up there. And um, Octane here, he's building also battleships, and really, we're really excited to to release those. And uh, I see it in other spaces as well. So we're really, we're really happy on and excited on putting this into into the cosmos. And um, because we see a big, a big way to to scale up through the cosmos. Because right now there, there's actually no. So there are a couple of games out there on Discord, but there's there's not so so many. And there's not an ecosystem around there. No. So basically, that's what we are trying to do. We're trying to be the entertainment ecosystem on uh, on Cosmos, and it's gonna be Terra Native. And um, we've got like our MFers are just the main DAO. They're the PFPs. And right now we're minting we're minting Tales of Dust, which is a collection that looks to explore everything related to our token and it's the way we instantiate this whole ecosystem can i ask and, a quick question can i ask a quick yeah. question okay so, so i want because i want to make sure that i also understand this so am i correct in saying because i thought at one point you were actually getting dust from ust are you actually using ust in some way to create dust or are you saying that ust is dust like what where does the dust come from at this point? How is it being generated? So it, it just now? it just comes. It's just our token. It's not related to. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 So, so it's, it's like not related some... to USDC at this point. Okay. Um. But we're we're exploring this idea. But uh, it just comes from Deepak USD. So it's it kind of fits our story. You know. I understand. So, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. It's fun. We, we, the we, the yeah. way you can the way you can actually bring the Luna Classic crowd into Nowhere Art or into uh, specific projects is if you uh, end up accepting USTC when everything gets reconnected with IBC and everything, and if you like promise, okay, we're going to burn some of the USTC, which you know is like near and dear to the hearts of people on Luna Classic, then uh, actually um, you know people will be. I think willing to use their like USTC or whatever on your stuff. Like, cause there's a lot of USTC just floating around there. Like no one's doing anything with it. They're like, fuck it. It's like lost all its value. This and that. Like, so uh, finding out how to like access that liquidity through some meme effect is really, um, I think a good idea long-term. Yeah, totally. And I believe that that crowd also love the, the games we're building. Cause, uh, it should not have any any complexity in actually repegging USDC or anything like that, you know. If people would like that, but uh, I see I see the narrative and how that would go. We're mostly interested in actually what you 
you talked about like if we were able to get ATEM, then and it would actually if you're able to get ATEM on Terra Station, then it would help with turning it into a store of value for um for actually Cosmos. Like it would be a good a good step forward for doing that, you know? And that would also help playing out the whole narrative that we're planning to to do with um getting dust out there also and creating this ecosystem of entertainment. Well, the big thing is we just need something on Terra Station that, that, like you said, has a store of value that's bringing in new liquidity, not just the staked Luna or Luna Classic people already have, but like bringing in new liquidity via Atom where, you know, it doesn't have the ba- any of the baggage or like tokenomics concerns or whatever the fuck that Luna or Luna Classic have right now. And um, that will actually bring, I think, a, a value accrual mechanism into the ecosystem in general. Uh, people can use, let's say, their staking returns from their Atom tokens, let's say, on Terra Station, and convert them into NFTs on, on Terra, Luna Classic, or whatever the hell. And I think that um, experience will be, um, I don't know, I think it'll be a much more useful experience, and it, and it stops this, like, uh, concern people have of, well, do I want to, like, I already have a lot of Luna, it's vesting right now. Do I want to be buying Luna, even though I have a lot of it already? Do I want to, at the same time, like, okay, uh, I have to go through the trouble of going and getting Luna Classic and this and that. Um, yeah, the, I just see too much friction and it's a real problem. Um, I think having Adam on Terra Station would be amazing to solve this problem for any, everybody. We'll have to look into that. Man, I, if they can do the Adam solution that you presented, that would that would literally solve so many issues. Can we really push that forward? If you do make a proposal, I promise that like our community will rally as much support as we can behind it, and we will really try to get that get that going with you. Yeah, yeah I need to message there. I need to message the Terra Station like team and everything, and see if there's like how possible that is. Like, I don't know how access, I haven't talked to the Terra station people in like forever. Like it's been maybe a year. Um, I know like, uh, <laughs> Doe came on and like agreed to do a chat with Bruce and myself. Um, that ought to be entertaining. Um, so we're, we're, <laughs> I think we're going to do that maybe after that Laura Shin thing he's doing. And um, I don't know how much to make fun of him or whatever during this discussion, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Enough. You got to make fun of him enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll have to see like mm, how interested the the Terra Station people are in introducing such things or what their roadmap is. I don't, I don't know what they're building lately, um, but that would be a really cool thing. Also, once everything's reconnected, right now it's like you connect to Terra mainnet and you use your wallet and you connect to Terra classic. It'd be nice to be able to connect to both wallets simultaneously. The user experience right now is too weird. Like it makes no sense at all that um, the wallet doesn't recognize which, um, which uh, platform you're on. And it just doesn't connect you if you have the wrong wallet activated. It would be nicer to me if uh, Terra mainnet and Terra classic actually were Sort of functioning simultaneously on the wallet, yeah, um, you along with that, or like Kepler, like if it, it doesn't exactly. matter what chain it's on, it just works. Like you, okay, exactly. I'm trying to buy this in Classic, it registers Classic. Like let's not make this comp. Like you said it perfectly. You said it perfectly. Yeah, because if you do that, right, all those new Luna Classic users won't even know or won't even care which platform they're on. They can just look at the 
the NFT or they can look at the at marketplace they want to play on and they can just go right ahead and play, right? This, this nonsense where you have to figure out which network you're on. Hell, it's hard enough to get people to download TerraStation Wallet and use it. Like if you look at the, all the new users and on top of that, you add all these uh, like weird complexities that no one understands, like you can imagine. Um, not, remember, like a lot of people that jumped onto Luna Classic were Binance users. Many people aren't really even native English speakers. So like when you talk to a lot of people, um, they got in for the speculative excitement. Um, they're probably willing to learn more about DeFi, but they have no fucking idea what we're talking about in spaces or whatever, because they're not native English speakers. And, you know, that creates like this barrier and you don't want to have a freaking instruction manual for TerraStation that no one's going to read. You have to be able to just click the buttons and like expect that it's going to work as, you know, like as you think it's going to work. And, um, you'll find yourself, you, you remove all that friction. You'll find yourself a lot more customers, I think. But that was part of what Terra was good at in the first place was the beautiful U- UI and interface, right? So that's something that we yeah, for sure. you continue to... Well, yeah, all were seamless. What was all seamless, and that's what is missing now. I believe that, uh, yeah, we need some work to do. Hey, just wait until the side. alliance kicks in, Octane. The alliance is going to solve all this. <laughs> for sure. But they don't need, yeah, they don't know yet, so just wait. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking right now if would there be a possibility to actually burn Lank and transform it into Luna if you had this common wallet, you know, because people would actually pay in Lank and straight up transform it in Luna. So, for example, for our mean, they would just pay it in Lank somehow. But I'm just trying to figure out the way around it if it makes sense yeah that's that's by nature how interchain accounts works you can you can take payment and whatever you want um that has to ultimately be set up at a marketplace level and everything else but interchain accounts like is pretty new so a lot of folks have not like uh sorted out the coding for that but the other thing is like the wallet experience the you know having to swap between wallets um is a bit weird um and i think Kepler right now is better suited to um, more quickly onboard interchain accounts and have this capability. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know how, like, again, what TerraStation's roadmap is to make all that happen. But ultimately, like, you should be able to show up on Nowhere Art. You should be able to pay with, like, any number of Cosmos tokens. Um, those tokens can be converted to whatever the marketplace wants to hold. Like, let's say you prefer to hold Axelar USDC or you want to hold, like, native USDC, or you want to hold Luna tokens, whatever, whatever that is, it can get converted. And the final settlement happens in whatever coin the marketplace decides. And the coin that you spend, it doesn't matter anymore. And, you know, the cosmos just all becomes one, like, fluid environment where, like, you know, the end user, like, they don't really have to care. And ultimately, like, the, the tokens end up becoming more useful for governance in the sense that, maybe the individual tokens of the chains become less about speculation and more about what they're actually for. And people can use whatever the hell they want. Like it's just, it, you know, whatever. I wish. Give it a, yeah. give it a year. I think it'll, you'll be there. <laughs> you'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's the infrastructure, like so much infrastructure needed to be built for that, but it would be a game changer. Like you would do it. You somehow bring the whole Lang community to to use their tokens doing something but without them even realizing it so it's like perfect 
right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think there's this, um, there's this, like, it's not clear to me if the, the two communities in terms of like parallel chains with different tokenomics could somehow, like, I don't know if it's possible to eventually work together. Because remember, like the Luna Classic group, the problem is, is that right now their validators are getting paid through the, the, the residual community pool that's sitting there. And my understanding is, is that community pool runs out. They don't have enough. They don't have an inflationary model to pay their validators. So right now, for example, Terra V2, it's like you have this inflationary model. The validators get paid via inflation. And that's that. It's a standard Cosmos chain. But um, which, you know, not everyone's you know, happy with inflationary tokens. But hell, you have to pay for the validator somehow, right? And there's not enough transactional um, the transactions on the network are not sufficient to cover the validator's cost necessarily. So you have this mechanism. The Terra uh, Classic chain, however, they're sort of burning through community pool, is my understanding, to pay the validators. And they're going to have to have some kind of plan at some point to solve that problem. Otherwise, how are the validators going to get paid? So either the validators disappear or they're going to have to come up with some model. Maybe there's some kind of like hybridization between the two chains or something to solve this problem, or maybe, I don't know, the, the classic chain becomes maybe, uh, I don't know, a, like a, a daughter chain of Luna. I don't know. Uh, but at the same time, like TFL sort of like, sort of said, okay, Luna classic is over there. We're not, we're going to wipe our hands of it. And, um, you know, Terra V2 is over here. And I don't know how much like TFL is doing in the background or whatever the hell. That's kind of a question to ask Doe when he he shows up. Like, what is the vision for these two things? Is there like a, a role for some kind of cooperation or whatever? And go from there. Or the flip side would be, well, Terra 2, it does its own thing. They do their own thing. Fuck it. We'll just, like, we'll just sort of like uh, uh, go separate ways and don't worry about it too much, which I think is fine too. I I, I think everyone can define the vision. Um, over the long run. Oh, but I, mean, I don't know if anyone wants to pop up. Together. I think we're stronger together if we find a way to unite this meme energy with the builders who are still really focused on Terra 2. I think that by far is the best outcome for all parties involved. Yeah, that's that's my instinct. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's true or not, but that's my instinct. Anyway. Yeah. Um, um so I I got to hop off, but I really I really enjoyed this this space cuz so I got I got from this space a lot uh, regarding that it would be great to actually implement Atom into Terra Station. So it would be incredible. And also, we need to find a way to actually get everyone from Lang to, to Luna somehow. But we need the infrastructure for that. So, yeah, I'm a hop off. But thanks so much, Steffi and uh, uh, JJ yeah. for, for being here. So, see ya. And also, um, Tales of Dust Mint right now is happening right now on Nowhere Art, so go take a look. Cheers. Thank and you. if anyone wants to hop up and chat for a bit, uh, I think uh, feel free to hop on. Uh, I know we've been kind of covering some different shit up here. If anyone has questions or ideas or whatever, uh, interested in questions about Dust or about the Depegnation project or about Nowhere art or whatever, hop right on up and uh, there's plenty of people here to answer questions and stuff. There was someone that raised the end, but I can't find it anymore. 
Yeah, I tried to add somebody and it kind of like uh, they dropped off. So I don't know if they had connection issues or something. Yeah, if yeah, anybody I, has some questions, please. I, I, I generally try to cover like most of the kinds of things I think people want to know. So, you know, usually <laughs> I, I try to cover as many things as uh, I think might be interesting for folks just like just by kind of thinking out what I would want if I was using these systems. And that's kind of the the mindset that I use. I, I use this mindset of like, if I was a complete newbie, like a complete and total idiot, not knowing anything, like how many steps am I willing to take to go buy an NFT? How many, um, like, how can I make uh, a system smoother? You know, how can I have maybe a better user experience, uh, user interface experience, and then think about it from that perspective. And I think that's probably what every, every project should do is think about it like, get some opinions from someone who's never used crypto before, have them go through the process, get to your NFT project and buy something and see, you know, how they feel about it. And then like that's, that'll tell you pretty Yeah, much. yeah, yeah. Not only uh, about this. FT. Yeah. yeah, not only about an NFT, but uh, in general, I mean, I think this is a general thing that uh, everyone needs to uh, experience, you know? Yeah, I think the some of the things like giveaways and stuff can be a good thing too. You know, having some uh, fraction of people's NFT projects that they use for those little retweet giveaway things. I know they're kind of goofy to some extent, but like it, uh, the the hope is you bring some brand new users in who haven't tried these things before. They go through the trouble of getting a wallet, downloading it. Um, so it's almost like you want to promote the idea of people downloading the TerraStation wallet. And um, and like have some threads and things as far as like how do you go and uh, look at your NFTs on the wallet and things like that. I think uh, there's a tendency not to have enough of those like instructional types of things because everyone feels like they're OGs or maybe they're talking to people that already know. But the new customer who has never spent anything on NFTs before, there's lots of those people and they have no clue like what to do and for that matter like it's the it's not even obvious like once you buy an nft let's say on nowhere art um it's not obvious how to how do you see that in terra station uh, you have to go there and you have to add the nowhere art address and you have to do all these things it's yeah just, the, the whole it's, process it's too much yeah there's still too much friction and um continuing to educate people on how to do that is i think important yeah, yeah. For example, my first experience on, uh, on Stargaze was like <laughs> very weird because I didn't know how to buy stars. <laughs> I took like a week to understand how it works, but finally, yeah, I got it. Yeah, buying stuff to... on Osmosis with the when you have to bring in deposit your assets before you have to trade them is a weird experience for sure yeah 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 uh, once you get to how to do it is a very smooth but yeah you have to um be conscious that uh, many people don't know uh, anything about this and you should uh, um instruct them yeah, it's a good idea to have some spaces and things for newbies, like literally title it, title it for complete newbies who don't know anything about NFTs and like walk them through things like um, how do you download the wallet? How do you set it up? How do you show nowhere art on there? How do you, um, 
do this on desktop? How do you do this on a phone? Whatever. And I think it's worth doing those kinds of things from time to time. I know they're like maybe time consuming, yeah, yeah. like starting boring. From, yeah. yeah, starting from the sex, uh, like uh, the place where they put the money um, from, till the final destination, you know, because you don't put money directly on Terra. You go through Binance, KuCoin, or those type of centralized exchange. So, yeah. People yeah, need to even, be even like a YouTube video, like let's say Deepak Nation or Skeleton Pumps does a YouTube video, and you do a full walkthrough, right? On like how do I use a TerraStation wallet and things like that. There's a fair amount of engagement that comes from those because there's a lot of newbies that don't know and they're looking to figure it out. And if the first thing that the video shows is how to buy a Skeleton Punk or how to buy, you know, a, a, a Deepak Nation or something like that, then you know that's a customer that you have essentially for life because usually your first nft you're going to remember forever right like there's going to be a tendency true, true. so i think uh acquiring those like literal total like nft virgins is not a bad idea like it's a good group to to attract i think for sure for sure we needed to capture the those those new members and those new users and yeah, it's a good idea to make videos and stuff like that to bring more people inside this this uh, this world. Yeah, I don't know. Like the the I know uh, all of the NFT community loves the the Discord groups and all of that, but I don't know. Like there's just uh, there's something about um, getting into tons of Discord groups that I think is fine for like someone who's a real serious like. I don't know, um, Discord nerd or really wants to participate in that. And I think those communities are fine too. But I definitely, as someone that doesn't use Discord a lot, who's not interested in following all that so much, I feel like um, users who are not in that space, I think are sort of left out of the experience somehow. Um, I feel like there's like obviously stuff that's talked about on Discord in different communities that I, I don't hear because I don't have time to go check those things. In fact, if I went and did those things, I wouldn't be here talking with you guys, right? You see the problem? Do you want medium articles? Is that more your style? Because we're getting prepared to start to start to roll those out to educate a different type of learner and reader. I think medium's good. The other things that are not bad are like little mini videos probably that are Twitter shareable, those are probably not bad either. People don't have like a real long attention span to check a whole lot of shit, honestly. So yeah, yeah. I think I started with this. That's so sad. I started with the Danku videos. <laughs> they are more like a super, super cool. <laughs> those type of video, I, I like it. I mean, we yeah, have to make Don those, those type no, of those things. Those videos are good too. Like there's nothing wrong with those too. I think, um, there's definitely an audience for that as well. I think uh, it's a mixture of things. It's like you've got to capture the people that don't want to sit around in Discord. You don't want you want to capture the people that don't necessarily watch a bunch of YouTube videos. Because um, what happens is, is your experience on the internet becomes somewhat siloed. Like for example, you have a bunch of people that like to hang out in Twitter Spaces um, who don't necessarily want to do like a bunch of like YouTube research. They like the the like the you know almost like a podcast format of just hanging out here right like there's plenty of people that love that there's people that like youtube there's people that love tiktok whatever and um there's just a 
um, multi-pronged approach ultimately. Uh, it's just that all of these things take time. And the thing is, in many business models, like, you know, like businesses that are really, really local, right? They tend to focus on, let's say, Facebook. Businesses that want to like get their word out instantaneously um, tend to be more of a Twitter. Um, folks that like want to have longer term engagement that's more consistent with a video format tend to favor YouTube or whatever. So I think with DeFi, like th there's a complexity to that that requires you sitting on a video on YouTube and figuring out what the fuck Donku is talking about, right? That's a different thing than like an NFT, uh, you know, is an impulse buy to a large extent. If you think about how art galleries work in tourist, tourist locations, it's, it's a, it's a pretty artistic thing. For some reason it resonates with you and you click a button, you want to buy it immediately. The amount of friction involved with buying NFT right now is obnoxious, quite frankly. Like it just is, it's just, there's a high friction generally. Like there's NFTs I see sometimes on Ethereum or Solana or whatever. And people are talking about on Twitter and I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going and getting a bunch of different wallets to get all these things. I'm just not going to happen. So, oh, yeah. like, you know, there's, a, there's this tendency to have a very high friction level for like adopting a wallet for a specific NFT project. Um, and all of that, um, I, I think can change. But for you guys, like probably for the, you know, I'll give you a great example. Bad Kids on um, Stargaze did a pretty good job with a bunch of little funny meme videos with the faces of the bad kids on a bunch of funny little, I don't know, like motorcycle gangs and different things. And it was, it was, they did a good job. And I think that served them well. And they became popular on uh, Stargaze as one of the kind of like the blue chip um, sort of like projects, but they're literally like a bunch of, it's like, there's a chick that drew all these little drawings with a crayon or whatever. And, um, it's just, they did good marketing and their, their videos were fun to watch. They're really hilarious. And you wanted, you felt like you wanted to be a part of that. Right. So I think on Twitter, the short form videos, the, the meme videos work really well. Um, they're easy to share, right? Like, like Twitter followers, they just want to like push some fucking buttons and share some things. Uh, and and they want to share something funny because think about what a Twitter like hardcore person wants. They have this tendency to want more followers. So it's like if they retweet good content, there are some people that will follow you just because you retweet funny or you know interesting content. And the funny videos tend to get retweeted by people that are not necessarily crypto native. They just think the thing is hilarious and they'll just pass it on. Yeah, right? yeah. It's a domino effect. It's a domino effect and you want to bring in those folks like through comedy, through, through just, you know, funny visuals or whatever. And I think that's what I would do if I was doing, which like for you guys, I think that would work well is like those short videos or something like that. Um, it's just my instinct. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? I have no idea. <laughs> like you guys are the experts at this, but uh, uh, it's kind of what I've seen and like what I find myself more easily sharing is the fun videos. We will definitely do something. Thanks for the advice. Um, yeah, if uh, anyone wants to step in and ask some questions, please feel free to request. Yeah, maybe like if people can hop up and maybe describe what they like on Twitter, what kind of content they want to see, uh, stuff like that is is good. Okay, welcome. Well, you know me, I'm always wanting to talk about strategies and how we make money. That's like my main focus. Where's the strategy to make money? Everything else 
it's kind of a waste of time, sort of, not always, but I really just want to learn how to make money in clever ways. That was like the whole best part about this lifestyle. Well, when NFTs projects are making money, the marketplace is making money, then there's reason for more developers to show up. There's reason for more projects to arrive, right? Exactly. It's basic, like you, you can't have projects not making money. It's idiotic. Like it, they have to be. Um, I think that's, it's just capitalism and it's fine. I want you guys to be successful and sell a lot of NFTs or whatever the hell, right? Like it's perfectly fine with me. I, and I don't even make anything off of this. I spent an hour with you guys. I could have done something else. Like I don't make anything off of any of this. So there you go. Right. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> All about passion. <laughs> but that is the business behind. V. V. <laughs> What's V doing? Yo, yo, Sefi was asking what kind of content you want to see. I just wanted to come up and say, I want to see Sefi's feet pics over here. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like transmit my dick pic or something across Twitter. Oh, Everyone shit. wants to see that, yeah. No, bro, let's keep it. You can see the tattoos on my, on my foreskin. Let's, let's yeah. keep it to feet pics. Let's keep it to feet pics. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to see my feet for sure. So anyway. <laughs> Damn, that took a hard left turn right there, V. That didn't take you but a second to throw us for a loop right there. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go for it, man. Yeah. Yeah, the first thing I have learned today is never to broadcast Twitter spaces across Bluetooth. Um and and have dinner with family um yeah whoops sad to be you uh, so <laughs> sorry so sorry so no no it's all right it's all right i think kids know um <laughs> they also are in the college and, and school so that's fine but it it, uh, it was a bit of uncomfortable but i think i'm gonna go back to skull point about the first thing uh people come to nft projects the the hard truth is it's money um everyone wants to flip things uh, but most of the time if you can convince someone that let's say you mint five and you flip two uh take out your initial investment and stay and then see what happens i think those are the kind of projects that uh, will ultimately uh, make because you guys need to understand that nft is is really really early it's I'm going to give you a few examples, and and one of the benefits of being across ecosystems as a money hunter, or or a, or a, or a, what's the technical term? Uh, like a trader, you're an NFT yes, trader. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah. So 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 some as someone who is uh, hunting across ecosystems, Cosmos is just one ecosystem uh, for me. For me, it's it's anywhere where I can get uh, more bang for my buck. I go there, and one thing I'm noticing is um, the the utility bit. So C5, so you have 68k uh, followers. Um, what I don't know if you guys know Crypto Banter Show. There is a guy called um, Johnny Hustle. So he had this 250 dollar per NFT. What that gives is you you get Discord access, you get <coughs> access to algorithm that will give you short and long calls. Um, there will be a protocol treasury that will invest in projects, bring passive income. So there is so, so much utility uh, incoming uh, for NFT technology. 
you all are so so early and then again i would advise to kind of um do the research um and 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 yeah it's it's very very early days folks all 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 i've done is i've just i haven't i have never sold an nft i and you know maybe that's good or bad depending on whether the marketplace wants to see volume why 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 is the next next nft that we do. <laughs> no. feet picks in collaboration with stargaze my feet <laughs> no um <laughs> i don't like uh, me personally I, what i do is if if there's a if there's a group that's producing stuff um you know that maybe resonates with me i i typically just buy things for the art i buy it for the experience i you know have fun sort of like you know, retweeting something with some crap that I bought or whatever. I think it's, uh, I do it sort of like to um, support the people. You do it for the culture. You do it for the culture. I get it. Yeah. And, I, and I, I, I do it sort of like, think about it. Like, uh, what is it called when uh, people uh, commission artists or they like um, uh, support the art community or whatever. You're a patron. I, I, a patron. Patron. A patron. Yeah. Patron Patron's the correct word. I do it more from like a, patron angle um you know and i think i don't really personally get into it to sort of trade a bunch of stuff but then again like i don't yeah I, so that's fantastic c5 because again people's uh, artwork goes crazy uh, amounts and if you are supporting small artists that's brilliant as well that is one angle of nfts what i'm trying to say here is there's zillion angles Okay, my kids are in, so I'm gonna shut up. Yeah, and it's it's good that <laughs> and it's good it's good to have trading volume too. There's nothing wrong with that because that creates attention for the marketplace. The marketplace can make a buck. Um and the like, project makes a buck. And the, the project, the project can make right? a buck, right? Yeah. Exactly. You need, you need a little FUD. You need a little FUD in a little NFT market once in a while. <laughs> if you got diamond hands, you gotta shake them out once in a while. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's fine to have that activity. Um there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, volume tends to attract more eyeballs and you do, you don't want like one guy that bought like 600 of your NFTs. You want to distribute that among as many holders as possible. You want to get that reach and everything. Um, and then those are the same people that are more likely to come by your next project or whatever. Right. So it's, it's good to have that reach. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I'm just saying like, from my personal perspective, I tend to just buy some things. I have some fun. I maybe send it as a gift to somebody just for the heck of it or whatever, you know, like I, I'm not necessarily, uh, like you don't hear me talking about a lot of trading and whatnot only because I just don't, I don't know. I don't play around with that very much. Yeah. So <laughs> but, there is a yeah. part of me that does that. So th I have some NFTs that are totally, totally, um, artistic and probably I'm never going to sell. Um, just because what few of them I actually commissioned myself. Um, but then there is also part of me who is um, getting these utility uh, NFTs where I get passive income, you can stake those NFTs. Um, for me, CFI, it's, it's, it's a new technology and there is so many use cases that people don't even visualize at this stage. I'll give you one more example, like music. Um, for the moment, everyone is fixated um, at the at the what is the utility of of NFT. But if you look in the music uh, sector, uh, so so for uh, NFTs play so so on Cosmos, like there is territory, 
the race of most guardians and there's few others which which are about to come uh play to earn games uh the focus is play to earn nft technology um where you have these nfts you can play the games and then you can earn stuff or or whatever but the the reality here is um another industry again this is just an example see if i um uh, y- you have so many upcoming artists who can create music can you imagine if you start capturing that music as a nft and you make 10 of those so rather than 1 million copies of uh, um of of particular album uh yeah. you have fans who who own those 10 20 30000 rare pieces yes people will copy mona lisa has been copied but can you imagine the value of an artist who who makes 100 copies and then you are the fan and you're going to own those 10 20 100 uh, oh yeah one every, of four, every um oh, part God. of like the traditional world of collectibles um every possible use of a database whether it's for music for video for whatever every possible contract that you can imagine that's technically like you know a, a deed or something like that they're they're or like fractionating things like uh stocks um fractionating uh the value of like a, an expensive painting um yeah every single permutation of a database function uh can be ultimately um like set up with nft type technology and i think here in this group you're definitely preaching to the choir no question about it i think from my perspective when i think about like nowhere art as an example like a lot of what i'm thinking of is more just the like purely the artistic value i i don't even think like utility on nfts is um from an art perspective is necessarily a good thing you like in an art perspective you 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 create like if you create a utility you actually create a ceiling price for your artwork because people will judge the amount of utility that you're getting when they buy the thing like for example if i securitize an nft and make it like maybe get revenue from a project then let's say i'll give you a great example like apple stock today i think it's yield on dividend is like you know 70 cents on the or something like that or no 0.7% i believe on the like price of the stock right so if the price of the stock falls and the dividend relative to the cost of the price that you bought the stock is higher then you feel like buying the stock but the dividend doesn't scale with the price of the stock so if the stock of apple went to $500 today but the dividend didn't change the dividend starts looking kind of like meager or meaningless and people will start judging the value of an nft based on that relative yield or utility so utility is interesting in that it not only does it potentially create a floor price for your nft but it can also create a ceiling price for it as well and that's something people need to be aware of like that, yeah so yeah. another another example which is opposite to what you have been saying is i i, I totally get see if i where you're coming from and i i actually agree um but just to give you an example because this is a very fast moving uh, area so i just recently bought an nft and i'm not going to shell any any names but it is designed by someone who what was the james cameron avatar avatar yeah so someone who who designed characters of avatar movie um someone who um uh what was it 
there's some big 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 movie uh, theaters uh, some some uh, series of movies I, I, sorry english is not my first language it's, it's escaping me but really biggest blockbuster movies on the planet the artist designed the main characters uh, some some car car movies uh, cartoon movies so that guy has designed the nft jet that i just bought a few days ago and uh, the utility that comes with it is absolutely sensational as well where the the music uh, thing i was earlier suggesting that is exactly coming from there so so they will actually empower the music manufacturers no one thinks about music manufacturers by the way people think about just music artists but these are the guys selling equipment to the biggest musicians on the planet um yeah yeah, yeah it's so, it's there's it's a double-edged sword in art i want you to think about it carefully because like so when you commercialize art um when you turn the mona lisa into a coupon so that you could have like uh like you know if i own a piece of this art i can then go into maybe get discounts somewhere or have access to other shit right that goes a certain distance but i think it when it comes to a purely art-based nft I think it ultimately cheapens the art to some extent. Um, and like, there is this like concept in art culture where um, people tend to veer away from too much commercialization to some extent. And uh, that is something that people it's, should be it's not clear on. Yeah. It's, it's not separate. Uh, the, the, the traditional art, uh, I would say, has always been a store of value for the elites and for the rich always has been um another example um in DeFi protocols i'm sorry uh, i'm gonna interrupt you there really oh, sorry. i think we're going away from the main topic um in regards to mainstream artists being involved in the nft industry i think we've seen many rugs and it's usually just uh web 2 people trying to come into web 3 and thinking they know what they're doing but they have no freaking clue what they're doing there was recently a project that minted on ethereum and uh, they minted with magic eden and it's already selling uh, below floor in regards to the teams and the founders that you'd want to invest in you need to look at uh, the people that are hosting this space such as deepak nation who even after luna rugged um, they made this project and uh, they're continuing to work on it and now they've just done a mint on dust and it's on Luna and it's only 20 bucks and uh, these guys are amazing and then you've got skeleton punks who've been bringing amazing utility to their holders and it's real life utility that you're getting discounts uh, on on attending events of their partners and you're getting discounts and rewards for taking part in uh, p2p platforms with their partners, uh, the, these are real life utilities that you see every day in terms of practice. And these are the people that you'd want to invest in who are actually building stuff as opposed to empty promises or potential. They're building every day and they're showing you what NFTs are about. I totally agree. I mean, we first built and then we minted, I mean, the project is there. Uh, everybody can see what uh, we achieved so far and what we already planned to do. I mean, we delivered and 
keep building. That's the key to to reach the the, the success. I mean, I yeah. The, the the middle ground here that I was trying to mention is is that like whichever project it is, right? You you should define exactly. Yeah, yeah. Some projects do well just being art projects. Some people do well just being PFPs. Some people do well with utilities. I, there's room for all of that for sure. Um, I think the key is that the whatever project it is should have a really, really, really clear vision about what it is they want to be, and they do that really, really well, right? Like you, like don't do a half baked version of some bullshit thing. Like you know, you claim this sort of utility or that sort of utility, but it's not very good. So when people think of value, there's like if they buy something because they have a perceived value of that thing and that thing later on years from now doesn't do what they think it's going to do. Obviously um, the onus is on the producer of that thing to continue to have that value. A perfect example of this would be like, for example, if I buy an iPhone today, I'm going to presume I'm going to still get updates for this thing three years from now. Right. I don't think any of us have any concern that no one's going to update our phone anymore in three years. Um, those kinds of promises, though, uh, that trust is built obviously over time, and a brand new NFT user doesn't really know whether they can trust it or not. They a lot of people just buy it for the art. They figure the utility is kind of ah, eh, maybe it'll be there, maybe it won't, and that's okay, I think. But I think that's why it's important to have both. Um, like uh, the more hooks you can have, whether it's the art value or like a high utility value. Or like when um, like CryptoGuru is mentioning, like when music and things like that come out, the quality of the music is the only thing someone's going to care about. Like they're not going to care about the 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 rest of the stuff is ancillary. If they love the music, they're going to buy the NFT, support the artist, and maybe if the NFT also gives you access to like maybe like exclusive concerts or something like that, I think that comes secondary. People aren't going to want an exclusive concert if they're not already a fan, right? The art ends up coming first in sort of like the product and the marketing and everything else at some level. I think whichever is your first interface, whatever people see first, if they see an image of an NFT first, they're buying it for the image first and foremost, not for the utility generally. That's what I've seen like uh, among most of the projects that have utility. That's just my like two cents on the matter. But anyway. Yeah, so I believe I believe that you have to find the middle ground. Also, I came back because I heard Sefi you're gonna share uh, fit pics, and I said okay, <laughs> let's see it. But uh, also V, thanks, thanks for the for the nice words. So on on what you said, Sefi, I believe that you need to be the best at what you do, you know, and be the one that okay, let's see. I want to play some Discord games, you know? Who do I think of? And that's what we are trying to do. That's what Deep Ignition is trying to do. So at first we started with this whole concept of Deep Ignition, of the um, um, hurted lunatics that actually went through fire and managed to come out of fire strong. But then you can't live with that. And you, ha you need a real utility and you need to actually do something on chain and bring real value. And that's why we actually took this path and we're building entertainment games, Web3 inter integrated Discord games, and we build a product before we launch our Mint. So the product is live right now and you can test it. We already have a couple of games and there are a lot more coming. 
I think that's always a good sign when a team decides to put the effort in in advance instead of trying to have a mint and then say what they're going to do. Like that's always a good sign for me. It's like, yo, we've already built this. We've put the hard work in first and now we're trying to mint to try to, you know, get this going. Like that's a better sign for me. Yeah. When you're using your NFT as a fundraiser, um, it's not to say that that's impossible, right? There are some projects that have done this, um, even some big ones like I think Star Atlas and some other ones, they kind of have this like vaporware roadmap and maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Um, and, you know, there there are some projects that earn so much money, like a Yuga Labs or whatever, that, yeah, they, they can now like, maybe it was vaporware, but now they can make it happen or something. Uh, some place, some big projects have actual uh, venture capital in the background to build some fancy games and this and that. Other groups just put in the hard work, right? Like maybe a small team of developers, they spend a year or whatever, they they put in the hard work, build the game or whatever, and now you have the utility. I, I think, yeah, for sure, people should be looking out for the the folks that release their NFTs with an actual product as opposed to, um, yeah, pure vaporware and promises and roadmaps and other shit. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that too, I think. Um, but people should be aware. I've seen some art projects, for example, that like had, I think, 10 different releases they were going to do like um, of their art, like first release, second, third, and then the they, mutants, they were going to do them in the sequence, mutants, right? The mutants, the mutants had that. You remember the mutants? Yeah, mutants did that. Yeah, exactly. they, had, they had 10 generations. Every generation would get a thousand bigger. I thought it was pretty cool. I like the art. I don't know. How, how many have they gotten to so far, by the way? So they just you know? migrated to Polygon, and I don't even believe they've done the second generation. They've done Not the, yet, no. the Mad Science Lab, do... and they did the first generation. Yeah, right. by the end of the year, the second yeah, one cool. will be out. So their second collection will be, I think, 2000. And if you own a Mad Science Lab, you, you get one of every generation as long as you hold the lab. It's, it's cool. It's all right. I like it. It's I know fun. it's cool, but it's cool. But like, if let's say you bought the first one with the expectation that the 10th generation emerging would increase the relative value of the first generation, right? Sort of like uh, collector's cards. Of course. You're, you're, you're making an assumption that they're going to be able to accomplish this 10 generations later. And you shouldn't buy the NFT with the presumption that they're going to be completely successful, right? That's speculative because like something could happen to the team. They could break up, like the band breaks up sort of. Or a chain they could, could crash. A, a chain, chain crash. could crash. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, right? So... Yeah, people like when when people think about those roadmaps, obviously, like you should assume those are speculative roadmaps as far as you're concerned as a buyer. Then there's nothing wrong with thinking that way. A I gotta bit say, of- uh, you know, I, I I'm not the only one here. Like, if you would have asked me on you know May fourth if I thought Terra could crash, I'd be like, you're fucking high, you know, no way. And then like we literally watched like the unthinkable happen. I don't, I don't, nothing, nothing is like. I won't doubt anything is not possible anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. Agree. Totally agree. I, and I think uh, Crash was here for a bit. Uh, sorry, we skipped over you. Um, have any comments or anything? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of uh, topics that you touched on. I'm interested in uh, reputation. So NFTs, like, I, I think we get there in a roundabout way. I definitely agree with your comment. Um, uh, on the uh, on the the dangers of some of the art based projects kind of losing something with the utility. I mean, there's a lot of research on just human motivation, behavior in general. Once you attach an, a number to certain things, there's undesirable some, sometimes motivations that kind of go along with that, um, that you may be expecting. So it is something to think about. 
but also those in the space that have the art and also have it be something bigger, whether that's a game. Uh, in some ways, like some of these, I, I think like some foundational NFT projects, whether it's Luna or Ethereum, they're kind of valuable because you were that sort of meme quality and they you there from the beginning, you know, you were either there from the have enough capital to have this big social signaling sort of thing. So I'm very interested in NFTs like as a signal of reputation, which is in some ways related to some of the stuff, could be integrated with some of the stuff we're talking about. And in other ways I think it's a completely new kind of I don't know if anyone here is familiar with non-transferable NFT or uh, SDT bound tokens on Ethereum. I'm curious if anyone has any ideas in that space, if anyone working in that space in the cosmos. Yeah, I mean, there was there was on Terra, there was Avatar that was being produced, and I don't know what happened to them. They almost released right, right at the crash time, which is like what you're talking about, a little bit of like a on-chain identity. Like if you've participated in a lot of protocols and projects, and your wallet has been shown to be kind of a good actor or like, you know, a long-term staker or something like that, right? There was kind of this idea that that would get you perks on future projects um, because you're the type of investor that like projects want, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know who all exactly is working on those things now. There's probably somebody. I do. I know somebody. Oh, you do? Hermes, Go for it. Hermes, Hermes Protocol, uh, Chino Man right below us. They have all kind of on-chain analytics and data where you can literally put in criteria and find exactly like what kind of holders that you have or what kind of holders you're trying to target. You can see their buying and selling, uh, you know, habits, you know, if they mint and then never sell. You can pretty much put all of these data points in for what Hermes Protocol and Momentum One are putting together. And uh, that guy right there with the skeleton punk with the white astronaut in the in the yeah. audience. And yeah, new projects guy. can like airdrop preferably to those types of investors or buyers, right? Because they're like exactly that's exactly what it's for. Sort of. Exactly. And uh his thing, he can do it pretty much on any chain eventually. Like it will be able you'll be able to be in Luna and then be able to like look at the Ethereum wallets and see what kind of holders those are. And then you could be like, Oh, well, these guys are the kind that we're looking for, and then you could offer those specific ones an airdrop. So now you can like target market based on buying history. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh yeah, a lot of fun to be had with those kinds of um yeah, the all the identity stuff and kind of like proof of like proof of participation or proof of I don't know, like <laughs> the different types of proofs associated with different people and the type of analytics you want to have to to improve like uh yeah, everything from your targeting to to like having people like that that's all part of like game theory essentially. And I think you it's it's a common experience for people who play like MMO RPGs, things like that, where your avatar and the items that you collect and all of the shit that you collect in the game is about your achievements in that game. So you just basically treat like DeFi or NFTs like a game and people acquire these things and have fun with it. Um, it's just a big, big gamified environment, essentially. Uh, one thing I wanted to say, you know, I love I love the Wreck Wolves. I miss the Wreck Wolf crew over on Luna. Like, I'm not going to even lie. The Trippy Wolves are some of my favorite art. I'm not an art NFT guy, but but V has my favorite, you know, 
<laughs> my favorite NFT and he always rubs it in my face. But one thing I wanted to set, tell them, and I always offer this, is that NFT switch is going to be on EVM and it's going to be going on Ethereum. And, and we would, you know, NFT switch will offer the, the Red Wolf crew the same utility that the Skeleton Punks get on Luna. We will give them that 50% broker fee discount for their community. We want to we want to look out for each other as we spread our wings to other chains. Because for me, like I met the best builders in the best communities and this crash, it scattered us. But all that's going to do is make like pockets of like lunatics in other on other chains. And as long as like we stay linked together and we keep these spaces going, like we will literally just take over. The mentality will continue to spread. It will like it's, it's contagious. Like it really is like. Everybody, like, there is enough of the pie. There really is. Like, it can happen. There will be losers. Don't get me wrong. You buy the top of the market, you're going to be a loser. But <laughs> but we have a chance at this stage in the game where if we are here now, we can make it. Talk to me in, you know, two years. And, and if we have, like, you know, $80,000, $90,000 Bitcoin again, not everyone's going to make it if they're buying at that point. We've got to convince Mark Wolves to have a, a special collection for Cosmos somewhere. Come back, come back to the fold. Come oh, we're back coming to, to the cosmos. Yeah, we're coming to, to the Luna, cosmos. We miss, you guys. we miss you over in Luna. We miss all the shenanigans. So, so we are coming to the cosmos. I think that was Crash. Uh, cr- Crash, have you not been on the Discord? Did you not get your whitelist for Juno? Um, I guess I need to check in on that. I mean, I followed you guys to keep my wolves um, that I had on. Of been busy building, so it's kind of hard to keep track of everything. There you go, bro. We're we're coming to Juno. We're coming to Juno in the next few weeks. Nice. You yeah, need to have, come over. I have some. I have my Juno yield accumulating. We'll see if I can buy some wolves there. Come on, you probably are spitting out like you know eighty, ninety dollars a day probably in your Juno yield. Knock it off. I I am. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I bought I bought quite a like uh, who was it? Um, I think Larry. Uh, wait, no, no, Juno. It was uh, I, it was Spark IBC. They're like, hey, we need to get into the active validator set. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll throw some money at it. So, I went, so actually, I'm down on my Juno. Like, I think like uh, like 25 percent or something because of the timing that I I put so much into Juno. I've got to buy more Juno just to fucking uh, like catch up with uh, my dollar cost average or something because <laughs> I'm down a fair amount. But that's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> hey, honestly, uh, Evmos has been like one of my saving graces during this this crash. I took you know five thousand dollars and bought Evmos at like a dollar forty, and that thing's just been printing money. I was like, whoa, that's nuts. That's cool. <laughs> I Fortunately, you're doing well. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> We need strategies, man. Is anybody else doing anything cool with their money? Like, that's the problem. Like, we need these fucking games to open up again. Well, at the, at the bottom of the market, like, um, a lot of times you're just best off just buying and holding plus or minus, maybe just staking and using the yield for something, right? Like, or, you know, on Cosmos, there's a fair number of liquid staked options for things like Atom and other things. Um so, so sometimes it's just simply a matter of keeping it simple at the bottom of the market. You you don't need a bunch of stupid strategies and whatever. You just simply no, like, but try I mean, to, like try to grab listen, a bottom. Like if you on. have 
But if you have you look, you have your staked assets, your liquid assets, right? But where's the leveraging? Where's the borrowing? Why can't I collateral? Why can't I accumulate more of these assets at the bottom? Like this oh, is what I'm talking about. This shit's yeah, starting yeah, to piss course. me off, right? Because right now is the time where if I could have assets and then access that liquidity, man, I would be going to town right now collecting, accumulating, t- right? You're saying now's, now's the time. Now's the time, yes. <laughs> Fuck, man. Give me all the leverage I can get right now. <laughs> you know, like, well, I think <laughs> I think what's happened is, is like, if you look at the overall, um, like global market, right, where, where inflation, where it's at, the simplest way to look at this is the average person is have like, the small investor is having to pay crazy money for a fucking Big Mac at McDonald's, right? The, the, and the average income of most people around the world hasn't gone up anywhere near what has happened to inflation. So I think the first thing people are doing is they're trying to figure out how to pay the rent. They're trying to put food on the table. They are basically um, dealing with all sorts of crazy amounts of inflation of their various currencies around the world. And, um, you know, I, I think like the stock market is the same story. Like if you look at price to earnings ratios of tech stocks over the last 10 years, they have been sky high, like take a Tesla or an Amazon or whatever, Apple. And what, you're, what you see with inflation really high is fucking everything crashes with, in terms of like speculative multiples of future earnings because the inflation uh, like doesn't bake, is not baked into those earnings estimates. So high inflation rates, I'm sorry, high interest rates tend to cause major compression of price earnings ratios. So you have two different groups of people. You have rich people who maybe have a lot of stock and they're getting wrecked, right? Because their portfolios and their mutual funds and whatever the hell are going down relative. Um, while at the same time, inflation is going up and their cost of um, like buying shit's going up. You have people on the lower end of the spectrum, like you know, lower or middle class people, who the pr- cost of shit has skyrocketed and they're focusing on like, you know, surviving at the moment. So, you know, like the market for just like stocks and crypto in general, it sort of is what it is. And I think you're, you're right now, like if I was trying to acquire a customer in NFT space or whatever, I'm trying to get the customer who's not price conscious, who, um, and this is why I warn about things like, utility think about it this way like the reason why nft projects don't necessarily have to have a lot of utility think about like a louis vuitton right um you know like to what extent do you buy a purse because it can hold some your keys and shit in it right you can literally buy a 50 dollars purse or cheaper or just fucking put the keys in your pocket and you don't need a fancy purse this is not why people buy these things Look at what happened. Um, I don't know if you kind of watched what happened to the supercar market, but um, like my my son's roommates with one of the people at McLaren Racing, and he's like a fan of McLaren and shit. It's kind of funny. His um, anyway, but the the, uh, the uh, what happened to the the car market was remember the utility of a supercar used to be what it goes really fast, and the utility of that supercar was like okay, the highest. We both fastest- know it gets hot chicks. It gets hot. <laughs> no, but remember, that's yeah, that's what you car remember. utility. <laughs> but remember, for guys though, the biggest selling point was how fast they could go, right? And then, like the McLaren F1, and then subsequently Bugatti were were, and then uh, other cars were basically having these crazy land speed records. 
just for the fucking like bragging rights so you can prove that you could get there. Then like you notice like McLaren was one of the first to shift this. They made the next version, I think it was with the P1, they decided, okay, well, like we're going to make this the most maneuverable thing and we're going to put it on the Nürburgring in Germany. We're not going to go for top speed because it's irrelevant because nobody gives a fuck anymore. We're going to make like the highest maneuverability type of car. And then recently, I think the GT3 RS got the record, I think, in the last few weeks in this like space. But the point is the utility changes and the but the artistic value of the car is what reigns eternal. So if you look at like, you know, the hundred million dollar price tag on a McLaren F1, which, um, you know, I was like, oh, I sh-, you know, my son's like, oh, you should have bought a McLaren F1 back in like fucking like, you know, whenever. And I was like, shit, I was in like, I just graduated and I didn't have that kind of money to be buying one. But he's right. I should have taken borrowed money and gone and bought an F1. I'd, I'd, I'd be worth like, you know, that million dollar car would be worth a hundred million now. Right? Hey, what a funny thing to like be able to look back and say, man, I, I should have bought that F1. But the point is like, I think the, 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 when it comes to art, right there, it's not always about um, utility. And I think non-artists don't fully get that. And then people that are building things for utility, uh, right? The form follows function is one type of angle. And then the function follows form is a slightly different angle. Like architects see that, right? When you build buildings and stuff, if you just always did form follows function, every single building looks fucking exactly the same. It becomes the most efficient version of itself. So there's like a back and forth there. And I think, like I said before, NFT projects are all about finding your balance and you, what, what you think you can do well. And I think um, that like you want to be have features of the high performance race car in terms of performance but you also just want to have something that looks fucking cool too or has a great story like the like take for example the skeleton punks or the like um direct um i'm sorry the dpeg nation folks like that are here like there is a tradition and a story there um you know with the wreckage of terra and that's the story and art loves to tell a story and people that buy things that are story-based, who buy it for the memorabilia purposes, right? They're much less likely to sell and hold on forever or like uh, maybe tell the story of their, their particular um, experience. Like, oh, by the way, 10 years ago, I got fucking wrecked and all I have to show for it is this uh, skeleton punk or whatever, right? <laughs> or the wrecked wolf or whatever. The point is like there is a kind of like um, – I don't know. There's a memorabilia story effect that's really, really hard to replicate. And um, I, I think taking advantage of that is, um, is, is like your best bet. You know, if, if I had to like the way I think of it, right. Anyway. No, I, I, mean, I mean, it makes total sense. You know, one thing I would like to say real quick, you know, you said that there's these two uh, extremes, like the ones with a lot of money and the ones that are struggling right now. You know, but I, I think it's really important that one of the things that I learned in Luna is I was able to take a small amount of money and play these games and grow it into quite a, a considerable amount of money. And I think that is something that even in a market like this, that if we teach people how to do that and grow these sums of money, then then we show them a better way to earn. Right. It's like, what's the parable? You teach a man. The to game like, will start again. You know I mean, yeah. You know, what I mean, yeah, the game will start again. It's like well, there's a better way. We all live in a better 
version, like last year, I can tell you that I was able to spend UST in like the real world. Like that was mind blowing to me. I was not, I was about to debank. Like, so for me, for me and other skeleton punk holders, like this is one of our missions. Like I want to find a way to bring that back. I'm not willing to give up on that. Right. And you, and, 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 and you're right. Like the subjective collector with art, I mean, NFTs are so great because there's room for everything, but you know, it's, the art a subjectiveness in a bear market is a lot harder to sell than a, than a collection with real utility in a down market. Because at the end of the day, you can own a skeleton punk and then you can go on NFT switch and you can get a deal for 50% off and hustle your own NFT uh, sales. And then you can go back to the open market and sell on the open market and, cre- and create a profit, right? Like we're trying think, to create economic opportunities. Yeah. I think utility and yield mm-hmm. are good for the floor price and yeah. the art effect is better yeah. for the top price. That's the better way to describe this. Utility yes, tends to create an artificial ceiling, um, whereas um, like the artistic value creates the infinite like upside. Look at a McLaren F1 car, right? It's not the most high utility vehicle on the planet anymore. There's dozens of things that'll run circles around it, but it has a sort of finesse, a look, and it was but like that, epoch but making. But that is a utility. That is a utility. Like the sexiness and like the uniqueness, like that in itself is its master utility. It's the best at that. So it's yeah, but like, but, out, right? but I, I think an artist wouldn't like Gordon Murray, who designed that car, wouldn't call that so much. Like at the time, yes, the form followed the function, no question about it. But now it's like people just buy it because it fucking looks cool. There's no way in hell they're going to drive it, right? Like they're just wanting to, it's just the beauty of the thing. And that's much Maybe. less, because remember. That Porsche, just, what's that Porsche that looks like a teardrop, like that like 90210 Dylan McKay's Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's yeah. super sexy. It's not that fast, but I mean, like it's worth a shit ton of money. I would buy that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, if you look at uh, McLaren's example, like w- what happened there was like, nobody's using it for the utility anymore. At least very few people, a vast majority of people just hold it for the collectability. Um, and that's typically how it works in cars and such. Um, now you can still drive it if you want to. Like, let's say the 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 let's say how, it couldn't. How dare you? How dare let's you say it couldn't it? be driven anymore for some reason, right? Then, I, I, like, probably the value would go down at some level. Uh, you know, like people expect a car to actually work. So, but that, so that creates a base level of price for the thing. But it's not the reason why people spend a million dollars on a car. Why people spend. Sorry, it's not the reason why people spend so much money on it now. But anyway, guys, um, I think we'll drop off. It's been a couple hours, and I'm getting a phone call here in a bit. I don't know if anyone else had some other comments. I'm good. I had fun, guys. It's always a fun good time with you guys. Yeah, it's been been great. I I just wanted to point out there, like on what you just said, Sefi, because just like a bit earlier, I just said that, okay, right now, NFT projects can live without the utility. And like, I see your point, like with the whole cars and everything, but you also, I believe that you also need the roads to drive the car. And right now there's this infrastructure that needs to be built on, like for now, for example, it's been built on Twitter. I know that you can actually, actually put your NFT on Twitter and say, okay, I own this NFT. And I think that Instagram actually implemented this as well, like a couple weeks ago um if this was like the bull market it would everyone would go crazy but um, this infrastructure is being built you know like the roads to drive the car are being built and i can see in the future that pfp um 
NFT projects will actually start growing as well, just based on their art, because you'll be able to show them in a proper manner. Yeah, that's important too. They're not being showcased appropriately. That's true. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for being on this space, you know, guys, like Sefi and everyone here, and JJ V Crash. I'm just gonna shout out everyone. Octane, Prakit. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Have fun. Bye. Bye, guys. Take care. Have a good day. Be productive. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Tales of Dust, Exploring the Cosmos with Chepe, hosted by the DPEG Nation. Recorded on Friday, October 14th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Rolling down the street in my 6 foe. I never had a 6 foe. A kid can wish, though. I snapped a wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I gotta miss this. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do alright, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats. Boom, bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Trenches, trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kind of running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven time and space while I wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the... Sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nixed Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die gonna take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Channel Spaces.